The following podcast is rated F for fail. Welcome to Failing Fabulously. Hello, I'm your host, Shelley Horton, and I'm trying to make peace with failing. I mean, I fail all the time, but I hate it. When I fail, I don't just dust myself off and say, hey, that's just part of the process of becoming successful. No. When I fail, it normally involves tears on the couch and diving headfirst into a tub of Ben and Jerry's. I mean, look at the very definition of failing. Failing. A weakness, especially in a person's character, a shortcoming. But on the flip side, the experts say no great success was ever achieved without failure. Did you know it took Edison 10,000 attempts to create a light bulb? And it took James Dyson, you know, the vacuum cleaner dude, 15 years and 5,126 attempts before he invented the bagless vacuum cleaner. I mean, seriously, who tries anything 5,125 times knowing that the next one's going to work? So whether we like it or not, it looks like failure is a necessary stepping stone to achieving our dreams. Anyway, in this series, I'll be talking to impressive women like Natasha Exelby, Samantha Wills and Alison Langdon. Today, I'll be talking to my friend Natasha Exelby. Tasha's a journalist who was caught daydreaming while she was reading the news on ABC TV. Epic fail. Melanie Vukovic, ABC News, Mount Sylvia. Now to sport with Meredith Sheehan. I need to learn how to fail fabulously, so I need expert help. As always, psychologist Dr. Tim Sharp, a.k.a. Dr. Happy from the Happiness Institute, has some advice for us on how to cope with failing. When we're helping someone else, we're not emotionally involved, we're not attached to the outcomes. So if we can try and bring that back and try and do it ourselves, um, you know, that can be really helpful. Failing publicly is my worst nightmare. And that blooper went viral internationally. She even became a meme. I'm struggling to put it in words, right? Like, I've never had that kind of public support before. Tash is a cup full of awesome. She's turned that fail into a new career path. Natasha Exelby, as I live and breathe. (laughs) Here you are. You have never done a bad intro in your life, have you? (laughs) I fail at it all the time. Trust me, this is actually take 27. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what people may not know about us is Mm. we're from... A very small town in Queensland called Kingaroy. Well, you were actually from a smaller town. Oh, yes. I'm even from a smaller town than that. I think, is Kingaroy 12,000 people? Oh, it's probably that now. When I was there, it was 5,000. Well, my town that I grew up in remains to be 52 people. So, I still win, I think. <laughs> you win, but yeah. we weren't friends at school or anything because I'm much older than you. But thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Hang on, I brought that up. How awkward. I don't know whether we would have been friends at school anyway. I probably would have fought you. (laughs) I would have been been wing attack. I want the the lead story in the drama play. (laughs) I know. I'm glad that we had a little bit of separation. Yes. So, Tash, before we get into the nasty failing bit, it's important to celebrate successes as well. I'm going to challenge you Mm -hmm. to tell me about the success in your career and life in 30 seconds, I thought starting we were in going- three, two, one. 
Go. I was a journalist for about 15 years. Um, was pretty good. I sort of worked in a few different cities and states in Australia. I've reported in more than 25 countries across the world. As a foreign correspondent, I survived a military coup and 22 terror attacks. And then I decided that I would be my own boss because that way you can't get fired. Um, So I run my own company now and I specialise in media training and helping people avoid many of the mistakes that I've made. I would like to let everyone listening know that you rocked the whole time that you did that. Like really? you were uncomfortable. I was, I, I was feeling better. Like I wanted to be in the fetal position. That was not. Why do you think it's so hard for us to talk about success? Oh, probably because we're decent people. Yeah, right. <laughs> people, I don't know, usually um, people who speak don't know and people who know don't speak. Mm. But no, it's, I'm hopeless it's, then. I talk stop. No, but it's a tough gig. I'm trying to get better at it. And maybe you can give me some tips because when you're working for a network, you, you trust the, the, the PR people to yeah. tell everyone how fabulous you are. But when you're running your own company, you've got to do that yourself. And finding ah. the line between being honest um, and a walking fraud is um, – it's difficult. So I don't know. I'm I'm happy for any feedback that that you I will add like in a, to give me. a bit of added extra Tash successness right here. Okay. <laughs> Tash actually won the CNN Fellowship and she was a TV anchor for a 24-hour news channel in Turkey. She covered the assassination of Osama bin Laden, wars in Syria and Afghanistan and terror attacks in Paris, Brussels and Nice. She's hardcore, man. We're here to talk about failing. Mm, And I've got to say, (laughs) you do. (laughs) Epic fail. (laughs) So we're talking about the ABC moment where... Okay. So we've seen it. Everyone's seen it. The world has seen it. Really? I don't... You know... (laughs) No no one one talks to you about it? No one's ever said that to me before. (laughs) Okay. Take me to the night. It happened. What did you feel instantly? Mm, You mean... uh, So... I felt sick. Yeah. Um, like I'd just been caught, well, not with my pants down, but something very, fairly similar, right? So, um, yeah, I felt sick. I felt sick for probably about the next 24 hours. Um, and when people – I had a couple of friends text me and um, say, hey, that was funny or, or whatnot or you're hilarious. And I just thought, no, I've stuffed up again. Yeah. <laughs> again. <laughs> again. Again, I've been back in the country a couple of months, like, yeah, and yeah, I've stuffed up again. So then mm. it went viral. It actually is the definition of going viral. It, yes, it went international. Crazy. Tell me about crazy, it. crazy. So I, I really wasn't watching what was going on with how the media was reporting it. I knew that it was a bit of a thing. Um, but I just – I sort of – I don't tend to read things about myself that that, that, that leads to suicidal thoughts, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, One of my friends calls it never ego surf. <laughs> put your own yes. name into Google search, there's going to be some bad shit come up and you yes. deserve to read it. <laughs> but, but do you know what? When I started my own company, I did Google search myself because I was like, well, people are going to hire me. They'll want to know. Um, yeah. And gee whiz, it's a humbling experience. Anyway, no, it was cool. Uh, a lot of people called me from all around the world and um, they were very, very nice about it. Far more forgiving than some. Yes. <laughs> so, when 
ABC no longer had you on air. Yes. There was a huge backlash against them. Like, I remember going on Today Show and talking about it. It's outrageous. Look, Natasha's a friend of mine. We have all made mistakes on air. If we all got stood down because of a silly mistake, then none of us would actually be broadcasting at the moment. And the thing is, too, she didn't say anything offensive. If she had sworn or something like that, I could understand it. But this was just a genuine mistake, and it showed she's human. I think that Michelle Guthrie from the ABC needs to step in because this is a massive PR fail for ABC now. Kevin Rudd actually did something going, you think that was bad? Remember when I swore when I couldn't get the Chinese thing right? Bless his heart. What was that like to have that support come up? It was, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to put it in words, right? Like I've never had that kind of public support before. Um, I knew, uh, I, I, I sort of figured, I mean, you sent me a text. I knew that people in the media would have my back, but people who I've never met. And frankly, you know, I spent some time in Parliament House. I was not always particularly friendly to Kevin Rudd in my line of questioning. Um, so, for him to come out and then I'd send him a private message to say thanks. And then he wrote one back saying, listen, yeah. I got your back. So, that was really, really cool. Um yeah, I, but the thing that made me cry was when my nephew posted on Facebook saying, she's my auntie and I'm proud of her. That that was oh, the one that, yeah, it was probably the most important support that I had. What advice would you give to people if they've had a public fail like that? Well, uh, your cupboard needs to be stocked of Twixes um, <laughs> and Violet Crumbles. You need to spend some time with people that love you and um, – you, uh, your your reaction is usually to isolate yourself, which I did fairly well for five days, hold up in my flat, didn't want to go outside um, and see any people. But uh, you need to push beyond that. And if you can't go out to people, you need to make sure that someone you love is coming to you. Um, because, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I stuffed up, but my experience by and large was people saying lovely things about me yeah. and I still and I still fell down. So I can only imagine when it's like everyone is against you. Dr. Happy, I need your expertise yet again. If you've failed at work like you've been fired and people know about it, what should you do to lessen the blow? Well, the first thing we need to do is take care of ourselves, whatever that means for you. Self-care is a very individual thing. Um, So again, different strategies for work for different people. I'd probably get really, really drunk. Not helpful? Uh, Probably not in the long term, no. I I, I can't as a professional advocate that. Uh, A glass of mine might be okay. But, uh, yeah, getting ready to drink is probably going to exacerbate things the next Mm. morning. So, what we can do is um, maybe do some exercise or some meditation, a a healthier option. But, but again, it is an individual thing. So, whatever you need to do, whatever works for you, uh, it can be really good to to call up a good, you know, our best friend or, or that person that hopefully we have in our lives who we can cry on their shoulder or you know who can support us give us a hug whatever it might be or just listen um, so those sorts of things are important I, I guess the other thing to try and do is to, to as hard as it can be at times to put things in perspective to remind ourselves that we might be feeling pretty crap now it might be a you know a really bad time but the chances are it won't last forever so we can actually ask ourselves questions like how bad will this seem in a week a month a year or even 10 years and you know more often than not if we can look into the longer term uh, we can hopefully realize that that things might get better in in, at some point so do you think that that might be a bit of a a shift in the tide that it used to be people would just pile on an attack Mm. but actually by sharing your failings and seeing the positive response there's a 
People are changing. Well, I think you're being a little bit too optimistic Am I there. A bit too Pollyanna. I, I, yeah, I think I think there's still plenty of people uh, prepared to go and pile on and attack. But mm. yeah, I I think we're living in an age now, and and people like yourself are very good at it, where we're genuinely sharing the love, and people are yeah. more forgiving. And people people are you know at their fundamental core, people are good, and and they want to be loved and to show love. And what people forget, like. I made a mistake. I I stuffed up, okay? L- like that's not in any way professional what I did, but people were still able to go, well, you're human, let's move on. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. Now, Tash, you had another public fail that wasn't really funny. It was the Channel 10 breakfast show called Wake Up and you were the host of it. Tell me about that. Well, um, we had a crack at doing a, a, a breakfast show Um a lot of things didn't go to plan. I was probably picked as a host before I was probably ready to be one. Um, and it was a disaster. The ratings were terrible. I was terrible. Um, and um, so something had to give and, and, and that was me. So I was sacked. And, uh, and it was like, was it three weeks in or something? I, 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 I can't be exactly sure, but I think it was somewhere around 16 days and three hours. <laughs> At the time, Channel 10's Director of Morning Television, Adam Boland, said this in a press release. Natasha Exelby is leaving her role as co-host of Network 10's new breakfast television program, Wake Up, less than three weeks after the show's launch. Chemistry is everything at breakfast, and right now I don't think the balance is correct. It's up to producers to fix those things. Yeah, wow. no, it was the world's the world's quickest sacking. So I went from being, yeah, reasonably hero to zero. <laughs> I would say below zero, I think. Wow. But um, yeah, it was a, it, it was a tough time, and it was probably my first real crack at being yeah on on the other side of the camera and everything. You know, I, I've always had a plan, right? You know, in terms of in two years I'm going to be here, and if I work really hard, in two years I'm going to be here. And you know, I, I guess I learned from a fairly young age that life isn't fair from scraps in the playground. But um, they were a pretty steep learning curve to to work that out and to be sort of. 30, go, you know, you're 30 years old and you're, you're a host and you're earning really good money and you're really successful and then you go to being unemployed and pretty alone and, you know, hanging out at your parents' farm for a month or so while you um, get your shit together. Lick your wound. Mm. Who did you lean on? Was it your mum and dad? Yes, uh, I did lean on them and I had some amazing friends. Um, so, yeah, I had I had a couple of really, really good friends in the media who, who really came to the fore for me right there. And um, Do you find that it's harder when it's not your decision to share the failing? Mm. It's because you have this public profile mm. that it is publicly. Is that harder than deciding I'm going to share this to show I'm vulnerable? Of, of course it is, and I think that that's one of the problems. I think um, when when we have a public profile, everyone stuffs up at work. Right? I know so many people who've been fired or yep. made redundant, um, but they don't need to tweet about it, and they don't have yeah. other people putting their opinions forward. But we speak about the ABC. I think it's got to be um, like there's got to be light and shade. If you're expecting people to come to the fore of social media and support you when you've stuffed up, you've got to expect some people giving you some heat as well. Mm. Um, and and honestly, five years on, I'm able to look back on that whole experience with a fair degree of apathy, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think that there was a large you amount. You look at back with apathy, but what about empathy for yourself? Um, no. 
No, because but, but but what's to what's to empathise? I was in a um, really cool job where I was getting paid very very good money. So there's got to be a risk with that. I'm I was my job and my pay packet was a lot bigger than you know the average person. So it's only fair that my fall is a little bit harder really? too, right? I don't. I, know. I agree with that. Why? What do you? I would look back and go. You know what? I did the best I could with the resources I had at the time. You know, and maybe yeah. if I could do it again, I'd do some things differently. But I've learnt from it. Doctor Happy, is it possible to retrain your brain so that it accepts failure, doesn't fear it? Uh, well, yes and no. It, it, it's so. Yes, it is possible. There's no doubt. We've, we've actually got thousands and thousands of studies that show we can change the way we think about things. At the same time, it's very important to state it's, it's easier said than done, and it's particularly harder for some people than others. Are you looking at me? <laughs> no, it is hard, and, and I think this is one thing, and as a psychologist, we spend a, you know, psychologists spend a lot of time promoting what's possible, telling people that you can do this. I think we don't often emphasise how hard it is. It yeah, is really, work. It's really difficult, and what we've got to remember is that you know, if, for example, you've had quote-unquote bad thinking habits, you know, sort of negative thinking patterns that have been around for, let's just say, 20, 30, 40 years, we can't expect to just switch that off overnight. So it does take time to retrain. It is possible. The other thing to keep in mind there is that when it comes to accepting or coping better with failure, we've got to remember that we're kind of working against these very strong societal pressures. Society um, doesn't encourage you to cope with failure. It doesn't encourage you to accept it. I think it should, and I think there are benefits if we could do that. But as well as fighting against ourselves in a way, we're kind of working against those very, very strong external expectations. I don't look back with empathy, I, but I am proud. I'm proud that I got knocked out pretty hard and um, it totally rattled my confidence. I remember I wasn't on air for about six or seven months and then I was at Channel 7 for a a brief stint to fill in there and the first live cross I did, it was 11am, no pressure and I was shaking like a leaf because my confidence had just been completely thrown and I then moved to the other side of the world to get that confidence back really and, and it yeah, uh, uh, that took a long time, but I'm very confident now. I think I'm great at everything, <laughs> except talking about Tongue my success in cheek. Yes. Um. So you've actually now transformed this into a new line of business. Yes. So tell me about XLB Media and the crisis. Management. Yeah, okay. it's funny. You know, um, I think you say everything happens for a reason. I'm not sure that's true, but I think that you can get good out of bad and yeah. like. Being me is can be hard. I think being my mother or family member is harder because they <laughs> have to see what's what's going on and what has yeah. she done now. Um, so my dad always said to me, "You can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glue." Yes, exactly, exactly. So you know, I've been sacked a couple of times, and beyond that, I've also made some massive, um, well, not massive, but I've made on-air gaffes and and errors. Um, and from all of that, I'm learning, and so now I'm dealing with other people. 
who are in the media, whether that's in the corporate world or, or, or doing some stuff with some sporting teams as well, um, where I guess I've got some fairly unique foresight into what they should do that maybe I didn't do. And the fact that I've been on both sides of the camera, I'm, I'm able to, to talk them through that. Mm-hmm. But also when they've made mistakes and get a rack over the knuckles, I can say, well, listen, here's a little YouTube clip of me <laughs> from back in 2012. We've all been there. You will, you will bounce back from this because, yeah, yeah my gaffes, uh, they're extensive. But <laughs> honestly, I think – Okay, you're going to feel proud of me here. I think I am so good at what I do yeah. now in my business. I think Brilliant. I'm very good at it. Um, but it's because I have stuffed up and also just been privy. I've spent 15 years of my life seeing people stuff up. Yeah. So now being able to help companies implement strategies to avoid that path um, – yeah, it's That's it's rewarding. It's rewarding. It's fun. I'm meeting some very interesting people, and I'm sitting here doing a podcast with you at Nine Honey with my shoes shoes off. Are off. <laughs> yeah, I'm just relaxing. So <laughs> things are good. Things I love are good. It. Now, just quickly, I love talking about of a personal failing as well, yes. not just career stuff. But you are one of the worst drivers I've ever heard of. Yes, tell me. Shocking, <laughs> shocking. I'm not dangerous driver. I think you'll soon hear she is a dangerous driver. Okay, I, I have had no less than 10 accidents. Whoa. Yeah. It began when I was 17. I casually ran up the back of a police car. Um, hmm, what should I have for dinner? I know, I'll ring my husband and ask him what he wants for dinner. Are you listening? That was, Sorry, I was distracted. Yeah, I got charged with I undue... I was distracted. Obviously, you were distracted yes, as well. Yes, I was time. distracted. I got charged with undue care and attention. I was supposed to appear in court, but it was during schoolies week, so I sent a letter instead. They hit me three points and $750, which I did not have, so... Um, and that was the start of your driving yeah, and career. That, yeah, and then like I'm I'm not a reckless driver. I just you know I have moments. Where I just I'll, I'll run into a pole. You know, um, <laughs> like every, everything's going well, and then this keep left sign comes out of nowhere. It sounds and like a metaphor for your life. It, exactly, it's exactly. Also, I do not feel comfortable driving beyond sixty kilometres an hour. Like I've been doing some work in Western Sydney where I have to get along the freeway and go like eighty. Sometimes it's one ten. I feel like I'm driving a human death tube. Oh, wow. Wow. Like it, and I'm just waiting for it. And the, and the trucks, they're beeping me. And I'm like, I know, guys. I'm not tr- – I know I know what I'm doing is wrong. I'm doing my best. I'm sorry. Can you just, just simmer down? Yes. Yes. It's like I just – I need something on my bumper like sorry in advance yes. or something. And like maybe people are like, we'll get better at driving. No. There is only so much room in my head. To improve at things. And at the moment, there are other... a certain skill set. Yes. Yes. But now, also though, um, I'm exercising foresight. I've like downsized from driving a sports car to a $15,000 pink car that's absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. So, it... um, when I went, it basically uh, says stay away from me. Uh, yeah, but also like when I bang a pole, I, I'm able to cope with that because I know the excess is going to be a lot cheaper. A couple of hundred bucks. Yeah, done. exactly. Oh, yes. Forward yep. planning. Exactly. Shit driving. Love Absolutely. It. Natasha Exelby, you truly do fail fabulously. Thank you. As Just do you. know that I will always have your back. As I King will. King girls have to stick together. And uh, I'm very excited to see what – your business grow and for you to have more success that you're happy to talk about. Me too. Maybe you can get some like sexy success or something going and we can talk about that. success. (laughs) It's never not been a pleasure chatting to you and you haven't let me down today. Oh, fun. Cool. 
Next week, I'm speaking to Channel 9's weekend newsreader, Deb Knight. To everyone else, she looks super successful, but she says that's just smoke and mirrors. I was astounded that a network would invest 11 years of their time, their money, their budget, and then just cut them loose. And she shares the personal failing that taught her so much. I went through IVF and it was a really difficult time. I had um, a miscarriage along the way. For more episodes of Failing Fabulously, go to wherever you get your podcasts or find it now on iTunes. Failing Fabulously is researched, produced and presented for Nine Honey by me, Shelley Horton, and then whipped into shape by podcast producer extraordinaire Dan McHugh. But of course, if it fails, I'm putting all the blame on Dan. Hey! See ya!